Welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals. When we say Beyond the Field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to. So kick back, relax and enjoy the podcast. My name's Kane. I'm Issa. Today we're going to talk about, which is really topical, pre-approvals. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic with you gents is that um, I've seen uh, a lot of inquiries, uh, a lot of talk around, and also to speak in the media on pre-approvals that are becoming invalid. Mm. And I want to get into this because this would have, I think, probably... Um, a big role on effect probably to your clients, but also to, to our listeners out there. So do you, um, Issa, first of all, and I know we've covered this a long time ago, but do you want to, first of all, just um, for the listeners, reiterate or define what a pre-approval is? Yeah, cool. So a pre-approval is um, a formal letter from the bank um, that will indicate how much you are confirmed to borrow from the bank, um, what security you're... Um, are planning to purchase, if we call it, say, a live deal, um, and sort of has a, ti- a distinct time frame on when that pre-approval is in place for. For example, if the bank will lend me $500,000 towards my property um, that I wish to purchase, then you have a three-month window to purchase that property in. Um, hence, that written formal letter of offer um, it comes from the bank. It is not a bank manager saying you have pre-approval sorted. It's a written letter that you receive from the bank. And Gordon, how long are they valid for? With most banks now, it's 90 days. And usually what happens is in that 90 days, the client has 90 days to find a property and tick off conditions. And if they haven't, um, um, the advisor or, or the advisor would have to check with the client to make sure that their financial position and income has not changed in order to actually extend that for a further 90 days. And past that second 90 days, it's a formula on that, usually. Now, where there is an issue is what happens if it is an approval on a new build that you're buying off the plans that has 12 months to settle? Now, in this current climate with shortage of materials, lockdowns, 12 months can turn into 16 months really quick. What happens, Goran, if... I am pre-approved for a fixed-price contract build that is finished in 12 months. Mm -hmm. Usually with new builds, most banks, depending if it's via progress payments or turnkey build, those are valid for 12 months. But you have to make sure you check that with the bank. If that build runs over that 12 months, that requires a full new loan app. Okay, so where I'm getting to this, Isha... Oh, you you put your hand up. I want you to talk, Issa. It just and just on that in particular goes. None of the banks have planned for these lockdowns, obviously. And whether there's wiggle room or not, having all your ducks in a row, for instance, um, we've seen some banks in particular that a registered valuation is always required. Yes, for the land and bill packages, whether it's mm-hmm. turnkey or progress payments. Um, we've seen some banks say, if you get the pre-approval upfront, we will give you a 12-month pre-approval to cover the length of the build. That still doesn't project out if something is delayed. Um, but those are the real fine details around, do you get a rigid valuation now or do you get one towards the end of the build? 
because you've got to keep in mind that registered valuations are sometimes only valid for three to six months, depending on the bank. I'm going to throw something at you guys because we are in a constant changing credit landscape. And I know you guys um, have informed me that this week there has been some changes uh, to credit policies. One, we've got interest rates moving up slightly. So this may change what we call stress testing. Two, tax implications um, on rentals. Now, I think, Goran, you spoke about earlier in the week uh, or on a podcast, you spoke about... um, how they're down or, or they're only taking up they're taking a lower percentage on what the rental income that you can use for debt servicing is. Correct. Yep. Um, and we're in another lockdown. So um, some people's uh, salary or, or um, self-employment income can be down. What happens in this situation if I have a pre-approval in place that was done say three months ago or two and a half months ago? It's coming up to my three month period to roll and a credit policy has changed at the bank that I've got the pre-approval for that actually makes my situation worse off, i.e. I was buying a rental property and the rental income now is um, obviously going to decrease in what the bank can use. What happens? Well, you've got within that time frame to find that property and settle on it before your pre-approval settles. Past that, if you want to roll it and their credit policy's changed and you have to obey by the new rules, it doesn't service, you're not going to get it approved. So this is where people For the same amount out. of loan. For the same so amount of loan. This is where people are getting caught out, is that they're getting a pre-approval. They don't read the fine print or understand the fine print that this approval is only for three months or 12 months and they just expect it to be there. Their circumstances change. They have a baby. Um, their income drops off, they're self-employed, COVID, all of a sudden financials don't look great for two or three months and they go buy a house unconditional but then come back to the bank or the advisor and say, well, hang on, I was pre-approved for this. Mm-hmm. This is the issue of what we've been talking about. <laughs> that advisor will have some stern phone calls at the end of the day, I tell you. But it's it's super common and I think what we've what we have found in the last... 14 months is the delays that these lockdowns um, really put on builds because obviously no construction being at level four there's some lengthy delays then you tie in sort of shortages of materials around um, the world in the building sector now and there's some significant delays so being in constant conversations with your advisor um, and keeping it all updated is super important because we've seen even in the last five weeks, with some pre-approvals are now invalid. And then you chuck in, as you kind of just mentioned, the change in financial situation and things don't always work out. So it's a really hot topic right now um, with all the new builds that are being purchased out there. Um, and then also, you know, really important for first-home buyers to get that good advice. A lot of the responsibility goes back on the advisor. If the advisor is not communicating properly to his clients what, is, what communications he's received from the bank, in my eyes... That's just negligence. If you're putting a client into a worse off financial position, um, you know, to, to go unco on something that they the client feels that they can on, that's a big issue. So take away take take an advisor out of it. If you've got a mum and dad or a person that walks direct to a bank, has no idea, but a bank person has told them verbally, Yes, you can get a pre approval, we can approve you for this amount verbally, nothing in writing. That mm. person goes away and thinks that. Yeah, and we, we've seen that countless times where, where we've had clients saying, oh, I've been pre-approved for so, so-and-so just over the phone by a, a lending manager or an assessor. Um, one, they shouldn't be doing that because we know what people are like. They're very trustworthy and they do silly things. 
So I think in a nutshell, and in summary, talking about this, it's making sure that the pre-approvals are writing, you mm-hmm. understand the conditions, you understand the term and the length of the pre-approval. If it's a new build, understand what happens if that new build gets pushed out and go on, you wanted to add something to that? Yeah. What do we say to the people out there that are looking to get a turnkey now, but they don't? the build doesn't actually finish in 18, 24 months' time? I don't think people actually understand that... Um, they have to take the risk yeah. by, you know, going unconditional and paying a deposit for something that cannot they cannot obtain finance for as of today. Am I right? Yep, there's a huge risk you carry. There's also a risk also too around protecting yourself and insuring yourself that if something was to happen to you in that time and your income dropped off, you don't have personal risk insurance that's carrying your ass on income protection or mortgage repayment. Mm-hmm. Something's happened to you. You can't settle on that property. The bank's going to say, well, you're not working. Or you don't have income coming in, or your income's dropped by 20, 30%. Now it can't service because you didn't weren't diligent enough to take insurance out on yourself. And we see this all the time. And it's a big issue, I think. But mm-hmm. I think that's another topic for another day. In general, get your pre approval in writing, um, understand the terms, the conditions. If you're going direct to bank, talk to the bank staff, if you're going to advise and make sure you have and you understand it whether it's a fixed price contract in 12, 16 months, or whether it's a pre-approval with three months, get your head around it because it can be dangerous. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today. For more info on this podcast and a heap more, check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button. Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field.